Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski. We got Owen Reese on the line as well. Another week of multiple, multiple podcasts because we are talking March Madness. We're talking NCAA tournament. You heard us Monday night. It was dropped really late, like 11 o'clock. I barely got any sleep last night, but we edited it, got it out to you guys. Drew Hom, Owen, and I talked just overall Wisconsin's chances in the big dance and what lies ahead on Friday and coming up on Thursday night. We'll probably drop it early, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. We'll have our spring position previews talking quarterbacks and inside linebackers with John Veldheis from BadgerBlitz.com, our friends at the Rivals Network. But before that, now talking about more NCAA tournament, we want to learn more about the Oregon Ducks Number 12 seed, Pac-12 tournament champions. We go, turn to our friends, our cousins, our SB Nation cousins for that matter, at Addicted to Quack. We have Adam Chameo, the managing editor of Addicted to Quack. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. What a what an awesome intro. <laughs> I have my own podcast, so I know that those can be the most awkward parts sometimes. <laughs> so great job oh, on that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, I rehearse about 50 times. Owen knows this. I talk about this about 50 times. I rehearse it in the mirror. It gets awkward when my kids are staring at me like, who, what is this kid, this, my dad doing uh, on that? <laughs> but we appreciate you coming on on this Tuesday evening. We'll drop this later tonight uh, after I edit it up. But Adam, I mean, t- real quick about Addicted to Quack. Uh, we actually talked about SB Nation names and Owen called it out. This is one of his favorite, the favorite site names. With the team brands, uh, how did I mean talk about the site a little bit for us if you can, and and how did the the awesome name come to be? Oh well, um, it's a bit of a mystery, and I kind of like keeping it that way, <laughs> mainly because I don't know. But um, so our <laughs> site is obviously, I, I'd say we take ourselves a little bit less seriously than uh, some of the other SB Nation sites. Not that we don't have a lot of quality content, but we like to have a lot of fun. And I think that name kind of encapsulates not not just the Oregon Ducks, but uh, the Eugene Oregon's kind of style. Um, but to tell you the truth, the site got started in, I believe, uh, 2006. And I believe David Piper, our original managing editor, would have uh, created that. But some puns are, are so simple that they just come to you. So So who deserves the credit? You know, it was there for the taking and we got it. Nice. Yeah, for sure. We were talking about that last night between that and then Mississippi State is for whom the cowbell tolls, too. So we like that. Yeah. Um, That's pretty fantastic. For sure. So uh, obviously, Wisconsin and Oregon are going to play here in a couple days. Um, but let's just take a, a short trip back uh, to the 2014 NCAA tournament game uh, mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. Uh, do you think there's any uh, bad karma that could be headed Wisconsin's way, uh, kind of remembering back on that game? <laughs> bad cut well that's the thing with karma is like both teams have them right and so you never know whose turn it is that the karma die kind of rolls on you but um i don't know I, I can tell you that there's not a whole lot of negative feelings on the Oregon side of it besides oh no we have to play wisconsin again um it's 
because those two years were kind of they were pretty interesting because they were Dana Altman finally kind of making his presence known for the Ducks. Um, obviously, in that first game in Milwaukee, we were uh, up, I think, by like 12 points or so at the half. And you guys just rallied back real quick. And, and then uh, so that was two years in a row of us losing to you guys in the round of 32. But it kind of, it was interesting because before that, we had gotten to the Sweet 16, first time in forever. After that, we went to the Elite Eight. We lost to Oklahoma. Then we lost in the Elite in the Final Four. It was a huge moment in our history. So it's kind of like I, uh, it was. Uh, it got us some extra fire, I think. And, and then I believe in those two uh, seasons that you guys beat us, you went to the Final Four right. both years, uh, yeah. and then actually the championship game. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I would say most, if I remember correctly, most Duck fans were rooting for the Badgers, certainly against Duke. I mean, we're not monsters, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I, I don't know if there's karma. It could be Oregon tends to, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose in spectacular fashion. We also tend to lose in threes. So uh, all I'll say is if you guys beat us, I think you're going to win the Natty this year. Can I just get a quick reaction on what your guys um, on your seed? Obviously, a 12 seed. We talked about this a bit last night. It's not the typical uh, conference champion, especially like a Power Five conference champion seed. Uh, mm-hmm. I think probably pretty widely thought that Oregon probably needed to win that game, that championship game, to get into the tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what uh, as a, as a fan base, what's the kind of the thought or the perception of that 12 seed? I would say it's actually very positive. Because um, there were stretches, especially after Bol Bol was injured um, against San Diego, there were long stretches where this team looked like they may not even make it to 20 wins. And before the uh, streak of eight wins in a row, which includes the four wins in the tournament, which, like you said, was very much needed for us to get in. um, Before then, this team just it didn't look like it was going to take that typical Dana Altman uptick towards uh you know decent to great and uh but once once they actually started locking down on defense i would say the fans really bought into it and so just the fact that we were able to win the pac-12 tournament uh not only that but kind of embarrass our rival the huskies uh the bad purple w not the good fun red one um then uh just that win like we're i think a lot of duck fans are still riding off that and even if they were to lose this first game, I think a lot of people would would feel pretty great about the season overall, considering where it was going. And so, you know, this seeding, I think most people are are grateful even to you know to not get the lowest one, even even though we are you know the tournament champions. Pac-12 is unlike what Bill Walton says; it is a bit of a truck stop conference right now. I mean, so. Adam, too, with this, uh, I get you know. The Ducks ended their season, eight-game winning streak. Four of those games came in that Pac-12 tournament. How did the how did the mm-hmm. or, you know how did Oregon end their season, and what was the difference with winning those eight straight games compared to maybe what was happening before? And, and we've noted on last night's podcast talking about 
losing to UCLA twice, which right now is 110th in Ken Palm or, or Texas Southern. That was 251st <laughs> as of last night back in November. And that was with, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bull Bull uh, that was in, uh, was he there? I think it was, uh, but I, I'm. Let's see. I know he got injured San Diego. I think, I think he actually okay, wasn't, well, he wasn't there. Okay. There gotcha. That oh, I no no. You are right. He was uh, there. I was going to say with the, there. Hard to believe, but he was there for Texas. With Southern, that, yes. just what's the difference between now and and maybe before that eight game winning streak that allowed them to ha- to be so hot and you know to have now these pundits with this five twelve matchup, which everyone loves to predict the upsets. A lot of people like Oregon over Wisconsin. Because mm. you guys had a huge lead over UCLA in that first game too, right? Oh yeah, I think it was a nineteen point lead or something like that. Yeah. Again, just the the tradition of blowing these these big leads at Oregon. Uh, sorry, I just had a flashback of the Alamo Bowl in football too. But um, <laughs> I would I would say the big difference here, and, and there was a paper, some Oregon newspaper, um, actually went deeper into this with Dana Altman, was just that the communication on defense was not there, and even when Bull Bull was was here, I mean, like you said, we had our I would say our worst loss uh, against uh, Texas Southern. Um, we had that with Bobel scoring 32 points and getting 11 rebounds. So even when he was out there, our defense was very questionable and our offense outside of Bobel was basically non-existent. So I think what it really came down to was just locking down on the fundamentals, which was just actually talking on defense, playing with, just a hundred percent energy on this full court press, really dedicating themselves to what Altman has done in the past. And then Kenny Wooten came back from a, a jaw injury. Um, Lewis King started to learn the system after missing a, a handful of the first games. They learned to play without Bowl And then finally Peyton Pritchard uh, really started to heat up and, and, and make things happen. I think it maybe goes into our next question about that too, where, oh. This is a player, Pritchard. You know, I'm looking at this uh, the Oregon game notes, by the way, Adam, and I see that four of the five presumed or tentative starters are six, or at least six nine. And then you have Peyton Pritchard, obviously who's six two, mm-hmm. averaging just under thirteen points, about four and a half assists per game, while grabbing three point seven rebounds per contest as well. This is a kid that Wisconsin rec- mm. tried to recruit. It's a re- he was a recruiting target for. Uh, you know, for Greg Gard and whatnot, but I'm guess I'm just at, wondering with you know, what really, you know, how has he progressed, and what's that skill set and his impact on both ends of the court that's made him so good this year? Well, um, yeah, he's had a pretty interesting career with Oregon. Um, he's just a junior, actually, but he was a starter his freshman year on that Final Four team. Um, so, uh, last year was kind of a, a train wreck for a lot of reasons, but people were starting with his sophomore year. People were really expecting him to just become a leader because so our team was so young at that point. Uh, this year, it seemed about halfway through the season, uh, as with communication improving, I think that was a big part of Pritchard's game here. It's just that he really, like, uh, as generic as it sounds, became a leader, much more of a leader here. And then uh, kind of went, instead of just 
constantly um, with that weave, like trying to set up something and then just at the last second passing it out for a three or, or just taking the three himself. He's actually been taking it to the basket a lot more, a lot more like that Dylan Brooks role that we haven't had in years. And so surprisingly, even though he's, uh, you know, one of the less athletic people on the roster, he's really turned into our points getter. And actually, there's this really if if you ever if you have the time, I know it's March Madness, so you probably don't have the time. But uh, there's a pretty hysterical dunk that he did over the Huskies, uh, like a left handed dunk that is just that really, it, yeah, that really like the ball barely got over the rim. Like one yeah. in a dunk and then he like flexed. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be like me if I did it on like a not regulation hoop. Like that'd be the greatest highlight of my life. So it, it was great. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, so speaking about the athleticism or lack thereof uh, with Pritchard, obviously uh, Oregon's starting lineup is pretty sizable. Obviously, even without Bull Bull, they got four guys that are six nine or taller. Um, mm-hmm. How effective has that been, uh, and has that really been um, a bit of that difference? Is the size uh, disparity that Oregon typically will have over their opponents? I, I think it's definitely come into play quite a bit because our and again our our bench is pretty good. Uh, with size and skill and, and even some experience. But um, it's been – since Bol Bol has been out, Francis Okoro, our uh, freshman who actually had to uh, – who's a, here a little bit early. He should be in high school. Uh, he's 6'9", um, and he's really stepped into that role, not so much offensively like Bol Bol was doing where he could take over a game. But him and Kenny Wooten and, to a certain extent, Paul White, have all just protected that rim, especially Kenny Wooten, who I believe last year broke the record for uh, most blocks in a single season for Oregon. He has just, he's really got that Jordan Bell mentality of just really making you double think about going for what should be an easy shot. And so I, I think that height has really mattered there. And then slowly but surely improving on rebounds is always going to be good. So I, th- I think that's where the athleticism has really helped us. Okay, so you, I think you probably brought this up a bit earlier. Um, and obviously with the winning streak here, they are playing well. Uh, but in particular, which areas has, has Oregon really played well over this stretch? And then uh, what areas have they uh, maybe struggled at or could stand to improve heading into the tournament uh, in this win or go, or win or go home uh, scenario? I would say um, when we look like uh, – March Madness worthy team. We are a very good defensive team. We are a defensive minded team. And when we get the turnovers, we're going for those fast points, really trying to use our uh, athleticism to get down the court, score as quickly as possible and just nonstop pressure. So that's what it's going to look like if we're going to win. Those are our strengths, um, blocking shots, uh, usually hitting free throws, though not so much in Pac-12 uh, tournament, actually. But uh, that's where we're going to look good. Other than that, I think if you can consistently hit the three, if you can not get intimidated by Oregon's constantly uh, changing defense, and if you can just go out there and, and not be intimidated by Kenny Wooten either um, and j- really move the ball around, if you can really score on us, it's our offense has a lot of times been very much stoppable and we've lost some games that we should not have lost because we just simply can't get it started with or without bowl bowl. Um, so I think 
And the other thing is if you really get someone on Pritchard, if you take Pritchard out of the game offensively, we don't really seem to have that player who's as good as just cutting to the basket. Uh, so I would say, yeah, sc- score over 70 on us, and, and I don't think we're winning it. <laughs> you know who you're playing, right? Yeah, that's true. No, that's why this game's going to be awesome, though, actually, because it's going to be ugly for a while, and I really love that. It's going to be a rock fight. I mean, depending <laughs> on how far both teams get, and then you have potentially Kansas State, which has, I think, the fourth best defense in terms of adjusted efficiency. That's right. According yeah. to Ken Palm. And then there's Virginia right after that. You're just like, <laughs> what What were these guys thinking when they like, you knew, actually you knew what these folks were thinking about in, in the committee. They're like, let's put the, like the toughest defenses together and just see yeah. how low they can score. Okay. Uh, I should say but, first to like 40 wins then. How about that? <laughs> There we go. Nice. Uh, yeah, and we're here with Adam Chimeo from Addicted to Quack here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Let's take a quick break. We'll then wrap up here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome back to uh, this newest edition here of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We're here with Adam Chimeo, uh, the lead editor of our cousin SB Nation site, Addicted to Quack, uh, the Oregon site. And um, heading into the uh, contest here on Friday uh, with between the Badgers and the Ducks in the first round of the NCAA tournament, uh, Adam, what is the – we mentioned this a bit earlier. You're talking about, oh, great, we're playing Wisconsin again. What is Oregon's – perception of the the Wisconsin program uh and and kind of you know what's the thought heading into this game is it that another dreaded slow-paced game uh, I know the last couple of times played you guys obviously with Kaminsky and whatnot Wisconsin's offense was a bit different than it is now so I guess what is uh the Oregon's thought or the fan base's thought kind of heading into this game I think uh general dread is the main thought in it um I don't know. I know certain fan bases, uh, some will be cockier than others. I feel like at our site, we tend to be very much pessimistic. And um, I think it's just Wisconsin, just how how regularly good they are, I think really intimidates us. Not only that, but their record against us. And then, um, you know, uh, we focus a lot on Pac-12 basketball, unfortunately, because we have to. Uh, so Ethan Happ, that guy seems very intimidating to me, uh, very consistent. He seems like someone who can just kind of blow past, uh, Kenny Wooten and our shot blockers. Um, so I, I, I always think of Wisconsin does always seem kind of, it's even if this isn't fair, I always think of that kind of, you know, what they say on TV, the blue collar mentality that they're going to come in there, play fundamental basketball that won't be the prettiest but they'll win and that scares me because at our worst we've just looked undisciplined and so i'm not sure whether to go with the total 
Homer, like, oh, I think Oregon's going to really open some eyes and, you know, maybe make it back to the at least Sweet 16 or something, or to just expect the worst and just because the Pac 12 competition hasn't been very good. So, and in my head, Wisconsin, even with their this season, it seems like, again, I'm kind of talking out of my, my butt here, but it seems like Wisconsin did well, but not quite, didn't, wasn't able to win those big games. Uh, I think this is not going to be a big game for them. I, I can, I'm pretty horrified of them. Is what I'll say. That's, I guess, <laughs> at least how I feel about the Badgers. Because that's what we it, talked it, about that a bit last night with, like, with Kenny Wooten being such a prolific shot blocker, and Ethan Happ is like a 22 year old version of like the 45 year old at the Y League, <laughs> like, really good, and but never leaves the floor. But like, yeah, if, if Kenny Wooten cannot fall for the four pump fakes per possession that Happ gives up. I think you uh-huh. guys will be all right. But uh, I think you, uh, whether it was intentional or not, uh, I think you're pretty close. Wisconsin did beat Michigan at the Kohl Center, which was a huge, uh, a prolific win for UW. Uh, at the time, Michigan was, I believe, number two in the country. But you're right. Yep. I th- you're, not, you're not far off. Wisconsin really kind of has struggled, too. I think uh, any given game, Wisconsin's capable of beating almost any team in the country. But – their margin for error kind of with their play style is, is small enough to where that can uh, be difficult at times, kind of given that talent gap. So uh, while you may have been uh, unintentionally not talking out of your butt, you weren't, you weren't far (laughs) off. Okay. Yeah. That, that is the other thing is uh, another possible advantage I could see is it seems like every turnover is going to count a lot more uh, against the, the Badgers. Um, cause the ducks do like to race down the floor. So I, I feel like there's another possible advantage, but, uh, I don't know. Pretty, pretty, pretty good matchup for the first game of a, of a series here. It is. It'll be fun just to watch, uh, again, for us here in Wisconsin, approximately three thirty PM central time on TBS, uh, for you out in Eugene, it's going to be one thirty. PM in the afternoon Pacific time. So hopefully a long lunch uh, from people's day jobs out there, or just take the a half day. I really, these, these, these next <laughs> Thursday and Friday should just be national holidays. Uh, being honest. Agreed. Uh, you have the, I mean, I mean, that's how I feel. Uh, I mean, when I used to have my day career, I would go and I would actually set up projectors everywhere where, you know, for uh, our, our sites. And so during lunch breaks, got people could come in, and they'd sit and watch the games uh, and whatnot. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but I know I'll have my three TV set up at home, uh, getting ready uh, all in the same room. We'll see what my, what my wife says about that. My amazing, loving, nurturing wife uh, on that note. But <laughs> game predictions coming up. Oh, no. uh, game prediction, again, 3.30 p.m. Central Time, the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Number 12, Oregon Ducks. Number five, seed, Wisconsin Badgers. Who you got? Oh, okay. These score predictions, they're always so much less reason for me. It's always kind of trying to play the karma game. Um, That being said, I'm going to say Ducks win 68 to 63. That being said, every time I've gone on the record predicting they're going to win, they usually lose comically even. So we'll see what happens here. I may have doomed them. And then my last thing for you, 
who comes out of the South to head to the Final Four? Is it Virginia? Could it be Tennessee? Uh, who who comes out of the South with you know to represent that region in the Final Four? Uh, I wish I had a more exciting answer, but I think I'm going to have to go with Virginia. If they can get past that 16 seed, I think they got a shot. <laughs> Somewhere Caroline Darney will hear this and she will have words for you, sir. Oh, yeah. I'll make sure she listens. Just being like, uh, I'll just, oh, Adam great. from Addicted to the Quack, he's, he's talking some crap here. This is going to be great. Uh, this is going to be phenomenal. Budget cuts ATQ coming up, I think. <laughs> Um, but always Adam, it, it's great having you on. It's great meeting you and talking some college basketball. Enjoy, of course, what lies ahead with March Madness. I know it's already starting right now as we're recording with the first four, but enjoy your time uh just in watching the NCAA tournament and looking forward to talking with you down the road. Thanks a lot. Uh, we call it Mallard Madness here, but uh, yeah, we will do. Uh, let's talk again sometime, maybe over a Rose Bowl or something like that. Ooh, That'd be great. So harsh. Not oh, talk I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't even mean that as a jab. Sorry mm, about that. <laughs> mm, Adam Chimeo, folks, his only appearance on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, the managing <laughs> yeah. of a <Addicted> <laughs> Oh, and we'll, we'll have you on uh, on Quack 12 sometime. That'd Ooh, be great. That's a nice Hell name. Hell yeah. I like that. Uh, on that note, Owen, let's take us home here. Where can people find us? For sure. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Obviously, we're, we're kind of cooking through here leading up to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other place that you can find podcasts. Five-star frog splash reviews only, like we're Rob Van Dam. We're getting out here. Give us reviews. Uh, let us know what we can improve. Uh, let us know what you like about the show. Uh, and feel free to talk as much quack. Uh, wow, that was awful. <laughs> as you can about Oregon. Uh, so, uh, like I said, thanks again for listening. Uh, and then, like I said, leave us a review. Let us know how we can improve. Look at you doing these puns. Like, I'm really rubbing off on I'm you. Not oh, my it's God. Rubbing off. Yeah. Do you need a job? <laughs> oh man no that's awesome uh on that note folks for for adam chameo for owen reese this is jay kokorowski signing off we'll talk to you guys later this week john feldheis badgerblitz.com breaking down with us the quarterbacks and the inside linebackers for wisconsin spring ball which starts next week but tune in early, you know coming up this week some more analysis and breakdowns here on Bucky's fifth podcast.